Uh, what is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? Eh. Eh? Eh. I've come here straight from work. Again? Again. You've got to stop doing that. I, I really do, but, you know, I only had one more week of my pay cycle left, so I just went, eh, might as well. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. You're doing overtime tomorrow as well, aren't you? And Thursday and Friday. Oh, oh. Rather you than, oh, actually, no, not rather you than me. My work doesn't offer overtime. I would actually quite like some overtime at the moment, but uh, that, that's that's not going to happen. But yes, busy, busy, busy week for us, James. Yes, it was. Very, very heavy on the gaming front. Mm. Has it been a good one? It has been a good one. Yeah. It has. We did our normal Wednesday night gaming last week. We did. Which was really good fun. Uh, although, because where we recorded last week, we actually talked about the games we played on the, the, the last episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then that weekend, we went to the Paradise uh, Games Convention. Our, we did. our new convention down here. They finally held one on my day off. <laughs> <laughs> A games thing that you could actually attend on your day off, James. Yep. How was it? I mean, we're going to talk about it properly, but like, how was it to actually no, be able to attend these things? To start, it was it was good. I I, I enjoyed actually being able to attend. Mm. It was your first experience at uh, meeting some of the publishers that w- that we have around. We've interviewed a couple of times, but you've met them in person now. Yeah, I was, it was nice to actually meet meet them in person rather mm-hmm. than just hello on the screen. Yeah, and we played some of the games as well, which were, which was really. I mean, we we gamed lots we gamed that day pretty much from i would say as soon as we walked in james because that wasn't the first thing that we did when we walked in let's be honest no it wasn't um yeah we had we did have a quick wander around we did when we first arrived so that that was pretty good but um yeah anyway we're we're gonna get into a discussion about that can't break format here james no cannot do it we can't so let's get the the formation of this episode out of the way very quickly we're doing a first off we're going to be doing a twofer with regards to this uh, this episode, we're going to be having a, a little conversation about our very first board game convention in our local area. Yep. And then we're going to be talking about a small card game, which we've been playing a lot. Yes. Uh, which is obviously Cover Your Assets. And um, we'll be doing that after we've had the, the, the conversation about that. So if you're only here for the game highlight, you might want to skip about half of the episode. If you're not here for that, well, you're going to get the first bit of the episode, so you're the lucky ones, you don't have to skip anything. One thing we do need to talk about, James, is the game that we played this time last year. What did we play this time last year, Jason? Okay, the game we played this time last year is one of my favourite games of all time, James, and it still remains one of my favourite games of all time. Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Ooh. Yes, yes. So, James, I mean, it's stupid for me to say... How I how I feel about the game. You kind of ruined it with your intro there. I, I did. Yeah, it's a bit of an anticlimax now. Oh, I've gone and ruined that now. <laughs> well James, done. how do you feel about Heroes of the Grid? One I year can, on, I can actually talk about this because since we have played that, yep. we have played with quite a few of the other characters, the expanded content of the myriad of expanded content that you have. Yeah. So I have seen a lot more of that game mm-hmm. since we played it, and yeah, it's still epic. Yes, yeah, very, very, very good cooperative game. I've even got the miniatures out on display in my glass cabinet now. You have. So I have a question for you, Jason. Go for it. Now that we've played a lot more of it, mm-hmm. who do you think is the toughest villain? Oh, I mean, I can't remember if you joined us in that game, actually, but Mega Goldar. Yes. That was, 
In fact, I don't think we've won against Mega Goldar as of yet. Yep. Um, I was a bit disappointed with Lord Draken. He was a lot easier than I yep. envisaged he uh, would was be. It, was it? Or because I, I do remember the, the Lord Draken one. Was that just because for some odd reason the dice gods were smiling on us because everyone in that game was rolling stupidly high we were i mean memory serves i do believe we were rolling incredibly well in that one so we were doing lots and lots of damage and uh i think the other thing really when it comes to lord dragon and this could well play into it as well when we did lord dragon we had actually been playing that game quite a lot Mm. with the same group so the same group had got used to the game how the game mechanisms worked so there was no learning about it. They were all experienced players. And we went into that game going, this villain is meant to be the hardest. Yep. So I think people took their time picking which Power Rangers they were going to use from the ones that I allowed them to choose from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, were, uh, <laughs> they were under the illusion that they had a choice. Of course, of course. As long as it started with MMPR. <laughs> Mighty Morphin, baby. Mighty Morphin all the way. Um, but yeah, I think a combination of all those things meant we were able to defeat him fairly, fairly well. Yes. And uh, yeah, quite quickly. I, I still happen to think that Lord Zed's one of the harder ones. He has a lot of, when it gets to his card, everyone suffers cards from what I remember. And not, not just yeah. targeted attacks. It's like, no, no, no. Everyone gets damage. Yeah. Damage for you and damage for you. Damage party, damage, yeah. baby. Damage party. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I would say he's definitely up there as one of the hardest. I would also say, that I, I can't remember if she's a monster or not, but Scorpina, I'm pretty sure she's a, a big boss villain. She was incredibly difficult to defeat. For me personally, Mega Goldar, Mega Goldar is, is up there, probably the hardest so far, because I know I haven't beaten Mega Goldar yet, which we need to get back to the table, James. We do. We need to beat Mega Golda. We do. I think we need to get that scheduled in very, very soon. Yes. Yes. Does mean I need to finish painting him properly, though. You best get on that, then. Yeah, I really should. Power Rangers, Heroes of the Good James, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Big, big double thumbs up for me as well. There we go. That's the uh, formation of the episode out of the way. Shall we talk about Paradise Board Game Convention in Worthing? Let's do it. Let's do it. There we go. Suspenseful, but I didn't press the wrong button to start with at all. We didn't have a little bit of a laughing fit about that. But anyway, right, yes, Paradise Board Game Convention in Worthing. The very first one that they have done took place in, I think it was the Assembly Hall in Worthing on Saturday the 11th of February. The doors opened at 11am and closed at 7pm. James. Me. I think we got there about five past 11. Yes. Uh, which was good. And we had a little chat with the people on the door um, to find that they'd actually pre-sold in the region of about 210 tickets, I think it was. Yep. Uh, and had already sold 30 on the door. Yeah. So pretty good numbers for a very first convention. I mean, we're not talking Games Expo size, are oh, we? No, no. It's, it's, I mean, it's a... It's a theatre, isn't it? It's a local theatre. Yes. What it was. With, all, there, with, all the, with all the seats taken out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, essentially what we've got in Crawley is the Horth. It's probably about the same size once you take all the seats and stuff out. What are you? What were we greeted to as we walked through those marvellous doors, James? Uh, lots and lots of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Tables, stands everywhere. Obviously all the publishers were set up 
as you went yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I did kind of like the layout with the publishers kind of round the outside and the rather ample open gaming space dominating mm. the centre all the way up onto the stage because that, that really sort of was effectively right in front of you. It's of like course, almost yeah. saying there is lots of gaming space here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's one of the, the lovely things about it is even when we arrived, there were people sat down, they were getting their games out. You could see people at the board game library just checking out what was available. Obviously, that was uh, being supplied by one of the local stores, Dice Worthing. Um, they brought a nice selection of games along. We could talk about that a bit more a bit later because I do have some thoughts on on that as well and maybe how they could improve that. We had, as you said, you had like the indie or local publishers that were all dotted about around the sides of the hall. There was a nice sort of little clump in the middle as yeah. well, from what I remember. Uh, I believe that's where Tom from Mayfly was. Yes. Uh, which, so we had a nice little chat with him. And then there was a demo zone as well, James. Now, we didn't actually take advantage of the demo zone, did we? Well, technically, yes, and technically, no. We just didn't demo the particular game in the demo zone. No, no. <laughs> I suppose we did technically demo a game, but it wasn't the game that was mainly being, being yeah. shown off there, so... So that's uh, as you come into the hall, and then, as you said, right behind that, ample amounts of uh, gaming space. And then, James, then, where we went almost straight away. We did. We walked round. We saw the blood on the clock tower on the side. We did. that's the way yeah. we went round. We sort of went round. And then there was a set of doors that we walked past and then immediately backpedaled because the smell of cooking burgers was wafting through these doors. Oh, Yes. Um, I didn't actually catch the name of the company who was actually doing that, but they did some really nice food. I believe, um, actually, no, I, I remember seeing the last three letters. I think it was I-G-O-O. I think that was the name of the company, but I think that was the ice cream. I think that was the that ice was there, cream. Because I did have one of those. They were really So, yeah, nice. they, they kind of had a gazebo set up. I think the, the on the map, it's actually that area was designated the role-play game zone. Yes. Um, but that's where they were, they'd set up their gazebo and they were getting set up. And then out of the corner of my eye, I did spy the full bar. Yes. Which, yes, you did. Which was just, oh, oh, this place is perfect. Yeah. And it was open. And it was. It was already open and serving. Um, and considering normally when we go to things like cons and stuff or even game days, uh, at least one of us will be driving. Mm. And out of respect for the other person, we don't tend to drink all that much. But on this day, James, because it was so local, mm. just down the road on the train, we got the train. So we were actually able to enjoy a nice little drink, which was really, really good. We didn't go caning it or anything like that. No, no, no. no. But it was nice to go, oh, they have a bar. They're doing burgers. Oh, games. Yes, exactly. It was literally the perfect uh, combination of things going on. Do you remember the name of the ale that we had? Because I think oh. we had two different types, didn't we? And, and the one that I had initially was... No, I can't. To be honest, my favourite. It was that really nice sort of... You you got that normal sort of pale ale taste, but then yep. the aftertaste was really heavily citrus. Yeah, it was... I think the way I described it, it's like when you drop uh, a lemon into a Corona, but it comes out of the tap, mm, tasting yeah. like that. It's, it was very nice. I, was I do kind of regret not buying that, but they were two on tap, so you chose one, I chose one. Yeah, yeah. So yes, there was a, a nice uh, open bar there mm. as well, which which was uh, fairly reasonably priced. I mean, considering it's, uh, I mean that that was oper event. that was operated by the venue. I believe it was. So yes, yeah, yeah it would be whatever the venue charges. Yeah. Um. So that wasn't particularly overpriced, which is good, as we we did have food from the uh, 
the burger stand later on in the day. Yep. How did you find that? That was, that that was very, very nice. Mm, yes. All uh, cooked to order, uh, ha- well, essentially handmade, weren't they? Because you you could see them making the actual yeah burgers and then you know shaping them and all that and then then grilling them. That was really really good. Uh, as I said, they also served ice cream, and the one I had was salted caramel and Jack Daniels. Yep, ice cream. Oh, it was so good, so so good. But yes, let's talk about games, James. Let's do it. Because that's what we spent most of our day doing. We we managed to bag ourselves a nice six-man table. We did. And we just sat there the majority of the day, really. Uh, okay, Occasionally, one of us would walk off or two of us would walk off. But we were playing games from probably about midday right the way through till we left at about half past six. Yep. How did you find that? I mean, let's talk about the board game library first yep. that was provided by Dice Worthing. What did you think about the selection that was on offer? I mean, I've got to be honest, you spent more time actually looking at that than I did. Because mm, yeah. uh, I was quite happy playing the games. I almost felt obligated to play the games that you bought seeing as you lugged that huge board game backpack around with you <laughs> true very very true and we uh we did manage to play one of them yes indeed uh, <laughs> i mean luckily enough i didn't i didn't take a full games bag worth but i, I what was the oh, savannah park that was our opening game that so was that's what we played that i brought and then we played some more unmatched we did games. We did. How did you find that version of our match? Because I don't believe you played those ones before. I played against them. Played against them? Okay. When, when we had our game night with Ant and Paul. You did? Because I believe Ant was playing Alice, who is, that's who I played. Correct, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have played at least one of against one of those characters. Yes. Um, Alice is stupidly powerful. She's very, very powerful. Very, very powerful indeed. I can't... Uh, see, this is the way that I can't actually remember who I played in this one. Sinbad. Was it Sinbad? It was. Okay, there you go. I played a Sinbad. You got it wasn't bit- too bad. You got beaten quite quickly. I did get beaten quite quickly. Uh, you all ganged up on me, which, I mean, there's nothing new there, is there, really? <laughs> yep, I think we introduced a new player to that as well, if, if memory serves correctly. But other than that, that went down really well. It did. We played <laughs> Shock Horror. We played Cover Your Assets. We did. Uh, a few times, actually, that day. We also got to play the final production sample of Earth Rising, James. We did. Your first experience of Earth Rising. It was. How did you find that? Because we played a short version, so we only had 10 years yep. to uh, to try and cure the, the planet of all the nasties that we, we have and make it sustainable. Was it a walk in the park? No. Did we win? No. No. Well, Te- well technically, <laughs> yes, but we might have cheated heavily by accident. <laughs> yeah. That's the one issue I think I have <laughs> with the game and it's not with the game it's with my idiotic brain and that is obviously after your turn you are supposed to turn the calendar a year but it's not after everyone's been it's after you have been yep so in a 10 year game it's basically your i mean we played a three player game yeah so we should have only had three turns each with the first player having four yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think we had. I a think lot we more basically doubled it. Yeah, but by accident, it wasn't in- intentional. We we played a full length game without meaning to play a full length game. In which case, we would have lost because we didn't complete the inner ring. Oh no, nowhere near <laughs> it. We literally only completed the outer ring in the very last turn, which is why we say yes, we did win accidentally. Very much like the current government, we just um, increased our estimate by ten years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Everyone else is setting a target for 2030. Oh, no, we'll do it by 2040. It'll be fine. And obviously we were talking with Laurie and Ree 
about yes. uh, about Earth Rising and the fact that it is now basically sat on a boat just outside the uh, the docking port here in the UK. So that should be arriving very soon. Is that going to be a game that you're going to want to play again? Jeff? Yes, I, actually, I think I do. I'm actually very curious because I've never seen the pre-production or the oh, demo my, copy. My, my prototype Your copy. Your prototype that's on my copy. Shelf. I'm very interested having seen that one to see what that one looks like. It's very, very different. I will show you after we finish recording. So it's uh yeah it was nice to see all of the improvements that they've made to it uh in person that was really good really enjoyed the game uh Bristol 1350 James Indeed we managed to get that to the table again yep in a decent amount of numbers F- yeah four of us oh no we did more than that five me people. you Paul Ian and Ian's girlfriend Yes, Alice. Alice. Yes. Uh, that was good. Yep. I think that's actually, I was actually talking to Ian about that. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Ian, my original co-host, he hasn't actually played that game physically since it arrived as Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, he hasn't played that since we first played it online during the campaign. So I feel really sorry for him on that one, but he has now played it. Still really enjoys the uh, the game. And I, do you know what? I forgot how much I enjoy that game. Yes. Yeah. It's another game where you get to... Uh, um, what's a family-friendly way of saying this? Mess with people. Yes, yes. And speaking of messing with people, James. Yes. You took my role in that game. I did. You, you were the one that uh, that got that got the plague. I did, and then spread it. I did all around the place, and no one was listening to me. No, <laughs> at all. And uh, yeah, yeah, you, it's, you, uh, you managed it, to it, give it, me the plague right before we left, yep. at which point I was then able to jump into another cart and give them the plague. Yep. <laughs> I got it on the second turn and jumped into the... Uh, yeah. You can tell it was Alice's first game because I'll be nice and let you stay in the cart. Oh, you fool. <laughs> He's in the cart by himself. He is literally safe. Don't let him jump in. No, no, I believe him. No! <laughs> <laughs> Let me get out. <laughs> I might have been, I might have been hedging my bets that that cart was about to shoot forward. In fact, I, I, at the point, that's why I did it, because at that point, that cart was about to shoot forward four spaces. Yeah, and then when you did it, your cart went flying out in the did. front. Com- Unmanned cart managed to Completely. steamroll everyone else. And I kept up my... I go, oh... Should have stayed where I was. <laughs> but yes, um, we'll talk about one more game that we played there, James, before we before we move on. We tried out a game that's going to be coming to Kickstarter soon. It was called Cake of Doom. Cake of Doom. Uh, a nice sort of little family-friendly, open card drafting, take that style game. I mean, let, let's... I mean, Paul mentioned this in his news show last week, and he's quite right in what he says. When we played that game, it was far more of the... T- Take that. Yes. Than it was. I, I think we might have shocked the creator of that game. That's the second cutesy, family friendly, <laughs> slightly take that y game that we have turned into an absolute murder fest. Yes. And the, the irony being, Pugs and Mugs was also on display uh, just down from where we were playing this. Yep. So, yeah, uh, apologies, Pearl. We, uh, <laughs> um, obviously, we enabled Paul to, li- to, to actually win that because I, I did start by picking on both Paul and Pearl, but then as the game went on and i was getting more take that cards you thought it would be far more entertaining to pick on me yeah 
Yeah, and, but you gave it back. You did give it back. I did. That's, how, that's how Paul won. We lost track of what Paul was doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, despite the fact that poor Pearl was sitting there going, no, no, look, he's get, he's going to win. He's going to win. No, no, James, take that. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you find Cake of Doom? I, I, I enjoyed it when you weren't. <laughs> Every time I almost got within reaching distance of actually <laughs> uh what is it uh, bribing one of them no yeah yeah not doing that i was like oh how many cars have you put down for that okay cool how many do you need cool right take off that exact amount that you need and uh... <laughs> yeah at one point i was ready to like lead over the table <laughs> <laughs> but no really great fun i can't wait for that game to kick start because that, that's a guaranteed back for me mm. uh, i really really enjoyed it and i am in discussions with pearl at the moment about having them on to uh Actually have a chat yeah oh, excellent that. that'll be um that'll be really good yeah i think uh we can try and explain ourselves over <laughs> exactly what happened <laughs> oh, we can sum that one up really quickly it's just i just enjoy his salty tears <laughs> <laughs> so yeah hopefully you'll be able to uh hear an interview with pearl very very soon should we um w- would it be dangerous to put pearl and laurie in a room and just so they can talk about how we have absolutely turned their cutesy games into murder fest be like therapy wouldn't it? <laughs> what have they done to it <laughs> maybe we will maybe we will when we do the interview with pearl we'll have, I, I, we'll I mean, have while uh, we while, laurie on as a special guest as while well. we were doing that i was half expecting laurie to walk over and just go oh you too yeah <laughs> but there you go never introduce us to cute family friendly games especially if they have take that mechanics Oh, yeah. And even if they don't. (laughs) Um, Right, James, in summing up, Paradise, uh, anything else that you wanted to talk about? I know you wanted to talk about the board game library. I've I've pretty summed it up, and I just want to um, offer my congratulations to the organisers, because I think they pulled off a fantastic day. Yep, no, I would completely agree with that. And, yeah, just to touch on the the board game library just a little bit, there was a nice selection of games there. There really was. Um, Probably, in my personal opinion, a little all too many party games to be part of that library uh, mainly because you know board game convention the majority of people that are going to be going to that are going to be established board gamers they'll usually want to go there and they'll play games that aren't party games basically you know party games we all play them but we kind of play them with set groups of people i guess yeah or we use them as warm-ups or they used as warm-ups. You know, I, I personally would have liked to have seen a bit more variety in the games that maybe I, I wouldn't own, or games that are a bit more on the heavier side. Uh, I think the heaviest weight game that I saw was probably Scythe, so maybe a little bit, you know, a few games that are a bit heavier than that, a few more games in that exact same weight category, and, you know, a bit more in the medium to heavyweight games, rather than the super lightweight games. I mean, I'm just absolutely devastated that nobody put TI4 in the uh, in the library, because, you know, someone could have got one game out of it. Well, well if they're lucky and well-organised, yeah. So that that would be my sort of mini-suggestion, I guess, for the, for the next one, uh, which I really do hope that they decide to make this an annual thing. I think that's that's about it. I want a big congratulations to the guys running the Blood on the Clock Tower 
literally from start to finish they were doing them everyone seemed to be having a great time it was always full mm. so very interested to see how people's uh, opinions were on that again thank you to all of the publishers that were there they were really great very very welcoming everyone was happy to talk about their games and and give you their time even when they were overrun with people you know surrounding the stands so really really great day thank you to the organizers you did a bang up job and we look forward to the next one next year there we go see we managed to get both sound effects in one episode how exciting yeah jason got to push both the buttons i did i did indeed so this week we are talking about cover your assets what is cover your assets well cover your assets is a shocker take that set collection game for two to six players age seven and up released by grandpa bex games originally in 2011 and then it received an update version which is the one that we have been playing in around 2019 the game is listed as having a playtime of 20 to 40 minutes and at the time of the recording the older version of the game can be picked up from as little as five pounds and the newer version of the game for as little as 12 pounds in cover your assets Players compete to become the first millionaire by building towers of matching sets made up from 10 different types of assets. Each new set that is created is stacked crosswise on top of the previous set, covering and protecting all the sets beneath it. Players will work their way through the deck, building stacks until no more cards can be played, at which point players calculate their net worth in assets, and if no players have broken the £1 million mark, take note of your values, shuffle the cards, and begin a new round. The first player to £1 million wins. That's a brief synopsis of the game, but what comes in the box if you were to actually buy Cover Your Assets? Are you ready for this, Jason? I am. Inside that box, Jason, you get one ruler and 110 cards. Nice. 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 Let's start things off right. Let's talk about the components. They're cards. They are indeed. They are standard size cards, James. Standard. Standard, which means you can sleeve the damn things. They won't fit in the box afterwards, but you can sleeve them nonetheless. Uh, there's not going to be a lot for us to talk about, really, with regards to Composite. They are literal standard cards. They are as they are. They're not fraying. They've been used ridiculous amounts recently. They feel pretty good quality. They feel like they'll t- stand the test of time. Yep. And it's a deck of cards. Yep. The rule book, James. How's the rule book read? Yes. James hasn't actually looked at this rule book, so in fairness. Uh, the rule book is incredibly well well laid out. It seems a little bit long for what it is, but the reason is is because it runs you through everything step by step, and each step they've dedicated an entire page to with pictures and, and, and stuff like that, which is pretty good. It's a very, very easy game to understand. I've got no complaints at all with regards to the rule book. Very well illustrated. And yeah, we, we seem to be on a nice good run at the moment, James, with really good rule books. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a change. Maybe the game manufacturers are <laughs> quaking in fear at our rulebook section. Oh, obviously. Obviously, that's exactly what it is, clearly. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> so, let's move on to the gameplay, James. The meat and veg of this entire, I guess, game highlight section. How do you feel about Cover Your Assets, James? I love this game! <laughs> and it's going to be really hard to keep this bit family-friendly, as the playing the game is as well. <laughs> yeah, this is very, very true. Now, this is a family-friendly game. Uh, as it says, age seven and up, I would argue that you could probably go younger than that. Yeah. But 
just as a very quick explanation of how the game is played, because I don't need to really go through much and you'll understand the entire game. Each player will start the game with five cards in their hand. There's 10 different asset types. There's two, sorry, three different wild cards. And then in the later versions of the game... You also have some special cards, which we can we, we can talk about separately. Um, to create a set in front of you, you need to place down either two of the same card. You can place down one of the same card and then take that exact same matching card from the top of the discard pile. Or you can place one coloured card with a wild card, uh, which will also create you a set. When you create a set, it goes crossways across your previous sets, just so that you know it separates which one's which. All the time that you've only got one set in front of you, you are pretty safe. No one can steal it. Your fir- In other words, your first set is always secure. The second you start stacking them, you are open to the take that aspect of this game, which is where James across from me has decided that he likes my big stack of classic cars and has gone, I want them and he finds in his hand he has a classic car card so he can go to me i'm stealing that and throw the card down in front of me i then have my chance to defend my classic car collection by also playing a classic car if i do so james then play has the chance to play another one and basically it carries on like this until one of us can't play a card At that point, whoever played the last card gets the entire stack of cards that were played. Yep. Plus the stack that was already there. But they become one stack. They become one big stack, which makes them very, very popular and alluring to all the other players. Uh, The sweetest part of this game is watching two players fight like that, knowing that you're next and you have that card. Oh, yes. And you probably only got one of them. Yep. But it's uh, you two are going to burn all your defenses doing that. And then I'm going to (laughs) go. I want that. Yep. Yeah, and uh, as James said, this is this does, uh, especially when played amongst adults, leads to some very colourful language. It does, and that large <laughs> stack moving. I think one of the games we played, it li- it started and ended with you. It literally yeah. went round the table, <laughs> and you just went, "Oh look, I've got it back." Now, obviously, you don't have to do the challenging aspect of it, but really, it's where the fun comes from in this game. Yep, yeah, you know, the actual take that aspect of this is really, really good. The idea being is you're just putting as many assets in as you can into your stack because then once all the cards have depleted and you've all played all the cards you've got you then count up in the thousands how much you have and as as the title suggested it's the first to a million if you don't get to a million make a note of it put the cards back in and then go for another round that's the official rules now i will say when we've played this for the most part we just do a round yeah and whoever has the highest wins and it works just as well. I think personally, that's a slightly better way of playing because it kind of makes you want to jump in on those fights of, oh, there's a big stack there. Yeah. I don't want that one person to have that stack because that will help them towards victory. Yep. Whereas if you're doing it over multiple rounds, you might sort of think, yeah, I'm not going to jump in on this. There are There's some surprising strategy as well, like with those wild cards, because the gold and the silver, they just act, they can act as any card yeah but they're very high value yeah i think it's twenty five thousand and fifty thousand. if you can attach them onto a stack yeah, yeah. it's the jar of pennies yeah you can strategic if you strategic if you like get into a running battle of i want that no yes no yeah if you let that go on twice or something and you've got that jar of pennies yeah because the jar of pennies counts as two, two. cards yes it's it's not very good in value because it's only worth one thousand yeah but 
that whole thing of, yeah, if I put down a jar of pennies, you've got to cover it with two cards. Especially if someone's used other wild cards. Yeah. That's usually my strategy is like, I'll play, say, a sports car. Jason will play a sports car. I'll play another sports car. Jason's just defended with a gold. It's like, right, jar of pennies. Yeah, yeah. Because the likelihood is I've then not got enough because you've only got those five cards. Yeah. And yeah, where you're drawing, you don't know what you're drawing because you know, it's a blind draw from the draw deck and you could be getting anything. As I said, there are 10 different asset types alone. Yeah. Plus the three different wild cards. Wild cards and then the special cards. Which segues us into the special cards quite nicely. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so. I quite like the special cards because one, you can't defend against them. Once they are played, it's happening. Correct. Yeah. And there's only two types. Yeah. And there's only two of each in the entire deck. Yep. And once they have been played, they are off the table. They don't go into the discard pile and they can't be claimed to be used by other people. Yep. So, James, what are the two different types of special cards? So, the first one is the swap card. Yep. Which allows me to go, Jason's got a very nice stack of uh, the Vespa. Yep. Which, for some reason, we all fight. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves the scooter. I haven't quite worked that one out, but we do love the scooter. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've got two cards on my top pile, but Jason's got what looks to be about 10 in that mm. stack of scooters. So I play swap, and I get to swap my top pile with his. Yep. Yep. And there's nothing I can do about it. Nope. No. Until you inevitably then go, right, it's my turn, right, scooter. Yeah. <laughs> I now want to. I want to. I want to go into a bidding war to get the scooter back. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the other special card is the move. Move. Yes. Which allows you to take your or someone else's yep. top or bottom. bottom and switch it. Yes. So if someone has hit, hidden their big stack, yep. which is safe, you can go, no, 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 bring that back yep. to the top. It's the only way as well. It's the yep. only way to actually access what is on the bottom of that deck. Yep. Um, and, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier. So the, the whatever deck is on, or whatever set is on the bottom of your deck, i.e. in the place that your first set would have been, is safe. Is safe. In quotation marks. And as I said, they're with two cards in there. If someone has, has, they've managed to get a Vespa, which a normal set of Vespas is worth 30k. As we said, you can start adding gold to it, which is 50k a time, 25k a time for the silver, and then you can use more Vespas. That could be, let's say, worth 200,000. It's like, oh, I want to protect that. I've got a move card. I'm going to move it to the bottom of my deck. You know that one move card has been used, but there is still one in play to come. Mm-hmm. Someone remembers that it's there. There's always that fear that they're just going to yeah. go. That's uh, that one that you it's, it, think I forgot about. Yeah. Just bring it back to the top, and then you blatantly know the next player is going to go. I want that. Yep. And back to the bidding. It is, and it's a fifty-fifty gamble as to whether that other move card. It entirely depends on who's got it and what their current top stack is. It's like, yeah. Do I want to protect what I have or open up the bidding for what he has? Yeah. Especially. When if you're staring, it's like, oh, I know he's got a large stack of that, and I've got two of them in my hand right now. Yeah, I'll just bring that back to the top. <laughs> Usually followed by lots of cursing. Yes, yeah. So that is literally everything this game has to offer. It is. Yep. It is addictive. I I first described this after I first played this. This was described as me in card game form. 
Yes. Literally me in who, card game form. Who, whoever whoever um, has that assessment is 100% spot on. This is Jason in card game. <laughs> if Jason was a card game, this is why. It would be called cover your assets. Yeah. It, it's literally screw over your opponents at every possible opportunity while also trying to protect your own. And it's a really quick game, James. Now it is. That's going to transition us on to the to the next bit, which is game time. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the setup first, James. It takes deal five cards. Thirty to seconds. Each, yeah, deal five cards to each player. Yeah, done. Set up really, really easy. Play time, James. It's listed as twenty to forty minutes. I completely disagree. Yep. I think we're looking more at ten to twenty minutes. Yep. It's not very often I will say that it's quicker than the stated time. Yep. Would you agree? I would agree yeah. with that. I, I, I can't see... I mean, I mean, I guess if we were playing by the you know official rules, I get, you know, with the whole... With radio, do a yeah. second round, that's going to add to it. But even then, I still think you're looking at 30 minutes max. Yeah. Because in every round, if someone doesn't get close to the 400,000... Yeah. Then you've either got lots and lots of players, probably too many. Uh, I mean, it goes up to six players. So I guess in the six player game, you're only going to get up to about two, three hundred. But I, I would disagree with that and say no. It's 10 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes if you're going to do multiple rounds. Yep. What player count would you say this is best played at, James? Four. You think four? I am going to agree and say four or five. I think six is is pretty fun. It does obviously open up the options of, you know, because you can challenge anyone. You don't have to go to the doodle left or right. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it at two at three. It just kind of, at two player, it, it's just kind of like, I want that. Okay, no. Blocked it. Cool. Next person present. Well, I want that. Hmm. It, it, it literally is just a case of whoever puts a set down is going to get challenged the next time. Yeah. Either that or you're literally just racing to who can get sets out quickest. Yeah. No, no. These kind of games, although they can be played at the low player counts, they're not that you can tell they're not designed yeah. for it. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, four or five is, is what you need for the three is acceptable, but four or five is is, yeah. is where the sweet spot really is so james that leads us nicely on to the value section and obviously the collection status this is a game that is currently owned by paul yep as i said we have played this it's probably our most played game this year because it's been used as warm-ups it's been used as cooldowns, and it's been used as i just want to screw someone over <laughs> this evening I, I feel like losing all my friends <laughs> yeah actually before we go on to that i, I, I want to do a little summary here is the overall premise of this game is ultimately the that same as the dreaded monopoly become a you know become the richest yeah become the the sole survivor with the biggest amount of money oh this is much more fun though because yeah, i get to do is, it yeah. i get to do it by stealing from you yeah, exactly and i would play this over that well, I mean, I'd play anything over that any day, but especially if I wanted to play something of that theme, I would play this over that any day. Yes. Without a doubt. So, yes, James, collection status. I don't personally own this. Mm. This is a crime. It is. Uh, and I think that will change because I love this game so, so much. Yep. And genuinely, this could be played with families. Yes. Uh, I think my son will enjoy this. There's no reading to be done, which is why I think that the age really could be lower. Yeah. I mean, the, the only... Did you say it was seven? It says seven. Seven. Yeah. The only thing that people below seven might struggle the concept with is the stealing mechanic. No, you have to have the same... Yeah. The same thing. And the back, the backwards and forwards defending... Yeah. It might take them a... I mean, if you... If you... <laughs> 
that'll be in my eyes easier to deal with if you you know if you're going on that as like right just use colors mm-hmm. or number i guess pictures because that you've got pictures of what the uh, the asset is that you're stealing take out the wild cards yeah and just play with the core assets because then it makes it easier yeah so if you want to steal this you play this color slash picture to try and steal it i then block it with the same you can then do the same again at least then it's it's far easier than going well you could use this to steal it or you could use this or you could use this or you could use this yeah take out the special cards as well move and and swap because again you're just complicating the issue if you have them i say complicated it's not complicated but for someone of say five or six I would probably take them out and then it makes the game far, far easier to use. Yeah. Um, so I do think with some modifications, you could go lower. This will be a game that I will buy for the collection at some point. This is also going to be a game that we are going to take to Games Expo. Oh, yes. Without a doubt, because it's nice, it's fun, it's quick, quick and easy, and we can teach it to quite a few people. And six players is a good number. Is it value for money, James? The amount we've played it, yes. Yeah, I think we've definitely got our value out of it, especially as I haven't paid for it yet. Yeah. Um, but Paul, I, I think uh, Paul was bought this for for Christmas by someone. But if he had have spent, you know, even even the the highest I think I've seen it for is about fifteen pounds. I think even at that value, it's it's got its its worth because of how much it's been played. Uh, we actually played it last night with someone who pretty much exclusively plays heavier weight games. Yep. And they absolutely loved it and is now buying it for themselves. Yes. So there you go. There's a there's a good example of how good this game really is. Yeah, it's like it's one of those games that's just it is really good fun, but it's addictive. The first time yeah. you play it, it's a, I want another game. Yeah. Like you stole my scooters. I'm we're gonna play another game, and this time the scooters will be mine. Yes. I mean, last night, James, perfect example. I was struggling to get you to play games. You you weren't interested particularly because obviously we'd had a, a big week of playing games. Yep. Soon as Cover Your Assets came out, I didn't even, even invite you to the table, and you came over and moaned at me. Yep. I was like, oh, I would have played that. Yeah. And then we got you in for some games after that. Yep. So, um, cover your assets, James. I, I love this game. So do I. I think uh, I can recommend this to literally anyone. If you are going to play with adults and children, watch the language, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Because trust me, it just slips out. It's it's <laughs> usually at the end of a bidding war. So give me this. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Explosion. Beep. <laughs> Big beep. Yeah. I want to play it now. I don't, <laughs> but why don't I own it yet, James? We I don't have a game. You're slacking. I am slacking. Why don't you buy it? No. No, I'm going to. <laughs> Because you know I'm going to. Uh, if I didn't buy it, James, would this be a game that you would actually invest money in? Probably. Good to know. Fully, full on endorsement from James there. He'd actually spend his own money on this. I would. Perfect. Anything else you want to say about it, James? No, I think we're pretty much done. Excellent. That's really, really good. That is Cover Your Assets, uh, about £15 uh, at a high cost. So, yeah, pretty good. Game night tomorrow. Looking forward to that. But until next week, you obviously have got Paul's new show on Thursday, but we will be back next Tuesday. Until then, I have been Jason. And I've been James. And you've been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast. Join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta, goodbye.